Welcome to episode 170 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. Today's episode is a Q&A episode. These are all questions that listeners submitted on Instagram. So we've got a real variety of topics today. We're going to be talking about resistance bands and training. What are they good for? What are they not good for? We're going to talk about nagging shoulder pain as we age and how to approach that. We're going to talk about what should you do if you are not hungry, but you haven't hit your calorie or protein targets. Should you eat? Should you not eat? We're going to talk through that. We're going to talk about ways to get into zone two for zone two cardio. If you're like, I don't even know what you mean by that, uh, I'll, I'll explain it all. We're going to talk for coaches. How often should you be posting on Instagram or TikTok if you want to grow your coaching business? How often should you be coasting? Coasting? Posting? I tell you um, some stories about my early days uh, on Instagram as a coach. And the last question we cover is if you do Pilates and bar, do you still need to lift weights? Really excited to chat with you about all of these things. Quick note before we jump into the episode, we are five and a half weeks away from the doors opening to Fitter After 40. I am really excited to share this with you. If you are a woman who's over age 40, you want to lose weight, you want to get into good shape, you want to learn how to lift weights, you want to age healthier, this is for you. You work very closely with me. You have a community of women who you're working with. You have modules to watch that are short and to the point. You get a training plan of six-week training program that I teach you step-by-step how to follow. I set your nutrition guidelines for you. We will spend eight weeks really dialing in your nutrition and training so that you know exactly how to see results and you really start making those results. So get on the wait list. If you're even slightly interested, that's where you're going to get a discount and some good bonuses. So don't wait for the public opening. I'm going to put that link in the show notes. All right, let's get into the episode. Well, hello, my friends. I'm really excited about today's Q&A episode. I really do like to have my finger on the pulse of what you're struggling with, what questions are on your mind, and then help you with those things. And this is really one of the most direct ways I can do that is by saying, hey, what are you struggling with? What's on your mind? How can I help you with that? And actually, I got so many incredible questions that I'm going to divide them up over the course of three episodes. They're not going to come out one, two, three in a row because I already have some episodes uh available and ready that are going to be coming out um, in some weeks upcoming. Next week, there's going to be an incredible episode I recorded with Abby Langer, who's a registered dietitian. Um, You're going to love it. It's fantastic. But over the course of the next month or so, all of these episodes will come out answering the questions that I got. Um, or at least a lot of them. Some of them were not questions I could answer, um, but a lot of the questions. So let's jump right into it here today. We're going to start off with two questions about resistance bands. This first question is from iKnitStuff72, and she asks, resistance bands for training as an alternative to weights. What are your thoughts? So Resistance bands definitely have their place in training. I use them for a variety of exercises weekly in my own training, and I certainly program some exercises that use resistance bands in my Fitter After 40 programs. Now, if you had the choice between using resistance bands only or using nothing, 
I would say use the bands. And plenty of people did that during COVID. I had lots of clients who they were gym goers. I was still doing one-on-one coaching at the time. So I was writing their programs for the gym. Well, the gym's closed. And so they had to either use what they happened to have at home or they had to scramble around and find things. And very quickly, if you remember, exercise equipment was not really to be found. Like after the first few weeks, you couldn't, no matter how much you were willing to pay, you couldn't get dumbbells. And so I did have quite a few clients who what they had was what we worked with around their house. Like we would put books in backpacks and resistance bands were for a lot of them, a big uh, source of training equipment. So that worked. It was not optimal. So hopefully resistance bands are not your only option. And here's why. It's almost impossible to get enough of a training stimulus from just the bands. Could you maintain your gains with bands? Probably. You could probably do that with body weight and bands. Could you make a lot more gains as far as building muscle, getting toned and defined? Probably not. Even with a full set of bands. Your muscles need a stimulus to change. And you're going to be quite limited in how much of the stimulus you can get with resistance bands. In addition to dumbbells, bands are fantastic. Uh, I use them for myself and my clients for upper body pull down variations at home. They're awesome for assisted chin-ups, um, assisted pull-ups, uh, band pull-aparts, um, assisted push-ups, They come in handy for banded hamstring curls and banded leg extensions, which are awesome variations you can do at home when you don't have, you know, um, a leg curl machine and a leg extension machine. Those are really what I program them for the most. I highly, highly recommend that in addition to bands for a home gym, get an array of dumbbells or a set of adjustable dumbbells. Right now you can find these kinds of things like exercise equipment um, easily on um, Facebook Marketplace at garage sales. You can absolutely find the, those there or get an inexpensive gym membership. Loads of my Fitter After 40 members train at Planet Fitness. It's one of the most inexpensive gyms out there and you are going to be able to get um, the heavy weight that you need. And if you're like, I'm not that strong, I don't need heavy weight yet. You're going to need it really fast. When I talk about heavy, I'm talking about heavy for you. And I promise you, you're going to need more than what a resistance band can provide for almost all of your exercises in a really short period of time. Okay. Next question, also about resistance bands. This is from Bronca5116. Hi, Laura. Laura is actually a former one-on-one client of mine from years back. Uh, And she says, aging shoulders and upper back problems. What can resistance bands do for this? So first of all, Laura, I'm really sorry you're having shoulder and upper back problems. I will say a lot of women our age have shoulder problems just from many years of wear and tear. But this doesn't mean that we have to just accept it and we have bum shoulders now right? Like a lot of people feel like, oh, I just have bad shoulders. And that shouldn't be our final stopping point. I have personally worked through several different shoulder issues over the years. I expect I'll have more. My number one recommendation is to get a qualified physical therapist on your team. Okay. Or as they're called in Canada, physiotherapist, same thing, get evaluated 
and follow your treatment plan to a T diligently for as long as it takes. I promise you, I promise you it works. If you want a recommendation for an online physical therapist who is incredible, I highly recommend Taylor Eckel. I've worked with her personally. You can find her on Instagram. I'll link her in the show notes. I'll link her um, Instagram and you can find her website from there. She helped me get out of pain from my plantar fasciitis in both feet. She helped me with related issues to that in my hip and my knee. Um, and if you're like, wait, how, how does this work? How does somebody do uh, physical therapy online? You have a Zoom call with her. It's very thorough. She watches you move. She will have you do various um, thing, exercises, movements through a full range of motion or whatever range of motion is available to you. That's one of the things she's evaluating. And then after she, and she'll ask you questions, she'll talk about things, and then she'll write a treatment plan for you. And it's your job to work it hard. And you can have, um, you'll work that hard. Um, you can have follow up with her. I loved working with her because she really helps you work around the pain and keep lifting. And that has not always been my experience with other physical therapists. I'm sure there are many out there who do support uh, that, but I had to really push with physical therapists that I worked with in person. Um, I had one that I actually <laughs> said to her, she just thought I was done. And um, she, cause she was pleased with my progress and I was pleased with my progress, but I wasn't done yet. And the reason I knew I wasn't done yet is I could not get an empty barbell on my back without my shoulder being in pain. I can hear my dog. If you can hear my dog, he's barking because somebody is daring to walk by my house. The audacity that someone has to walk by my house. So my physical therapist, her name was Sally. I really did like her. And she took it well when I told her, I said, it's fantastic that you're pleased with how much progress I have made. but. I'm, I enjoy competing in powerlifting recreationally. I wasn't like a competitive powerlifter. I went to powerlifting competitions and I said, in order to do that, I need to put a barbell on my back and I need to load it up heavy. And I literally, I couldn't even put a broomstick on my back and not be in pain. And I said, we have not gotten to where I want to be yet. And, um, you know, so I really like working with Taylor cause she really helped me continue training and she understood that my goal was to continue lifting. So highly recommend that. If you're not going to use Taylor, definitely get another physical therapist. That is my main recommendation. Recommendation. As far as resistance bands and like maintenance work on your shoulders and upper back, I love them for this purpose. I love them for this. I had poor posture as far back as I can remember. Like in high school, I had poor posture and it always bothered me from a, oh, I don't like the way this looks perspective. Like I'd see myself in the mirror or in pictures and I was like, oh, my posture is terrible. And so I would try and stand up straight, but somehow I always ended up really hunched over. For sure, it bothered me even more in my 30s as I started to have shoulder issues from that poor posture or at least related to it. Strengthening my upper back and my rear delts, that's the back of your shoulders, was a huge help in both how I looked and how my shoulders functioned, like getting out of that rounded upper back shoulders forward um, kind of positioning. A big piece of that was strengthening my upper back. The other part was also stretching um, my chest in the front and those two together. And I used resistance bands for a lot of that upper back strengthening, specifically band pull-aparts and banded face pulls 
You could also uh, do face pulls at the gym with a cable if you have them. Those are two of my favorite shoulder health exercises that you can do with a resistance band. So look those up, Google band pull-aparts and Google banded face pulls. Do those, do those every week, like really work on these. And these can help with overall shoulder health. But if you are currently having shoulder pain and upper back pain, for sure, work with a physical therapist or a physiotherapist. All right, next question. This is from Cycling Jexo. Hi, Jen. Jen um, is super supportive of my Instagram in my DMs and in my comments. I so appreciate you, Jen. Jen's question is, if I'm not that hungry, and she says, I know, I know, but it happens, should I eat anyway so I can hit my protein and calorie target? This is a great question. And the answer I'm going to give you is it depends. It depends on the answer to the question, what is your goal? Now, in your case, Jen, I do know from DMs that you are in a fat loss phase. So my answer that I'm going to give first here is going to be specific to that, that you're in a fat loss phase. So my answer would be different than if I was speaking with someone in a planned surplus phase when the goal was muscle growth. For you in a deficit, I would not suggest pushing past feelings of satisfaction in order to hit your targets, either calorie or protein. Tuning into those cues of I am satisfied can be so helpful in long-term um, ability to both lose weight and maintain weight. And so we want you to really tune into those and honor those. That said, if this is happening often, if you're not hungry and you haven't eaten all of your calories and or your protein, I want you to do some digging. If this is like occasionally or a one-off, I wouldn't worry about it. I just wouldn't continue eating. Now, if it's protein specifically, if you're like, well, you know, I've gotten enough calories, but I haven't hit my protein target and I'm full, my main suggestion for you is to try eating your protein first in each of your meals so you get it in. And then as you get full, you're going to leave behind, you know, the carbs uh, and the fats. So I'd work on that protein first. If it's overall calories that you're coming in under, you know, protein, carbs, and fats, I want you to consider a couple of questions. Question number one to consider is, are you seeing weight loss progress at a rate of at least an average of half a pound per week? If not, and you're not hungry, and you're not hitting your calories like on paper, there's a good chance you're actually missing tracking some calories. So you hear what I'm saying? So you're not hungry. You're not seeing progress. This is usually a good sign indicating that somewhere there are missing calories you're not logging. Look for these couple of places to see where those calories are coming from. Licks, bites, and tastes, nighttime overeating, weekend overeating, liquid calories, and not using a food scale. Those would be some of the places I would look for those missing calories. Now, let's say you are making progress. Are you really not hungry would be the next question to consider. Or is there an element of anxiety about eating all of your calories? I see this a lot in women, that they're under eating and saying like, oh, I'm just not hungry because they're afraid they won't lose weight on the higher calories. You mean, Does that make sense? And if this is you, I would work with a coach on this one. Get some coaching for this particular topic, some ongoing coaching. This is definitely something that I work with women on in Fitter After 40. 
a lot. We talk through this a lot. And these are weekly conversations I have with the, with the members who are having these struggles. We talk uh, one-on-one in our large group calls, and we really work through the thoughts that they're having and how they can change those thoughts those thought patterns um, and how they can kind of push past those and push kind of into that discomfort um, with a lot of guidance from me and the other coach in the group. So definitely get some coaching around it if that's your issue. And then the third question, if it's neither of those things and it's happening often, I would look to, are you doing tons and tons of volume eating? Now, often you'll hear me suggest volume eating because people are hungry in a deficit. And so we talk about, you know, upping your protein, upping uh, your fats, upping your fiber and upping your volume. Volume foods are foods that you can eat a lot of for very few calories. So we're thinking things like cucumbers and celery and leafy greens, berries, melon, shrimp, popcorn. And these are awesome foods. If you're struggling a lot with hunger in a deficit, volume eating can really help. If you're struggling struggling with being too full to get your calories and protein in, try backing off some of these really volume type foods. You can still have some, but maybe not as many. Maybe you're having these massive salads um, and massive bowls of berries. And so you're, you're getting a lot of them, but then you're not hungry to eat other foods. So try adding in some more calorie dense items instead. Hope that helps, Jen. All right, moving on. This is a question from Chubby Mom Lifts. And she says, rucking as a way to hit zone two cardio when walking isn't cutting it anymore. Or should I just increase speed? Okay. So let's first talk about for people listening, if you're like, what the heck is rucking? That is when you walk or hike with a backpack on. So it's weighted up. So you put your backpack on, you fill it up. And so now you're walking with weight. You could also do that with like a weighted vest. That's what rucking is. Now, zone two, if you're like, that's another word. I don't know that. Define that word for me. I did a full episode just last week about zone two cardio. Zone two cardio is moderate intensity cardio. It is super healthy for your heart. There are formulas you can use to figure out if you're in zone two. I cover that in detail in that episode from last week. I'm going to link that in the show notes. My preferred way to see if you are in zone two is the talk test. If you're in zone two, it should sound like you're exercising, but you're not gasping for breath, like every few words here. And you're certainly not unable to talk at all. You should be able to get out 15 to 20-ish words at a time, but it should be evident to someone, like if you were on the phone with someone, they should hear from the sound of your voice, from your breathing, that you're exercising. That's how you can tell you're in zone two with that talk test. Now, how do you, if you're walking and you're not able to get into that zone two, if walking is making it stay in zone one, like you're like, I don't have that kind of labor of breathing at all. Like no one could tell I'm I'm even moving uh, when I'm walking. You have options here. You could, as you uh, asked here, Chubby Mom Lifts, add weight by rucking, right? So you could add some weight on your back. You could add speed. So you could, if you're on the treadmill, you could up the speed. Or if you're outside, you could do like a walk run. So if a, you could start jogging, but if a jog, um, first of all, maybe the jog doesn't feel good on your knee or your foot. That's my issue. I can't really jog because it, it irritates my plantar fasciitis. Um, if that doesn't irritate you and it doesn't put you over zone two, you could do jogging. Or you could do a combination of walk, jog, 
to keep you in zone two and not push you up to zone three. You could add incline. If you're inside, like on a treadmill, you could up the incline. Or if you're outside walking, you could find hills to walk up. That's an option. Or you could add resistance. So if you're like on a stationary bike, you could add some resistance. Any of these things or a combination of these things that you prefer can work to get you into that zone two zone. So pay attention, like, am I in zone two, either by with my heart rate using that formula or by using the talk test, am I in zone two? If not, add one or more of these things that I just talked about, the weight, the speed, the incline, or the resistance uh, until you are in zone two. All right, next up, we have a coaching question for somebody who is a fitness coach. This is from AK Food and Fitness. And she asks, how often do you recommend posting on your Instagram coaching page? So a little story time for you. I first started posting on Instagram for Kim Schlag Fitness back in 2016. I was on Instagram like within a personal account before then. I believe it was 2016. It might, it might have been 2015. Now, my business name at the time, I coached in person. Uh, and my business name at the time is such a mouthful. It was Fit Girl Total Transformations. Can you imagine typing that in if you were trying to find me online? Or if you're <laughs> Fit Girl Total Transformations. That was a mouthful. Um, I changed it, obviously. Uh, many years back and now at this point, I changed it. Now, I started posting on my business account because I was an in-person coach. And I was getting interested somewhat in the idea of making a difference online. I followed a woman, um, her business name is Jill Fit, and she did all kinds of business coaching for fitness professionals. I was really interested in what she had to say, and she did a free online challenge. It was a 30-day challenge to post on social media for 30 days. I think it was specific to Instagram. In any case, I chose Instagram. And so I was supposed to post daily for 30 days. And I was like, what the heck am I going to post about? And it's also there. If you ever want to go back and see, my first posts were not that great. <laughs> You'd have to go back. Like I said, it's 2015, 2016. It was a long time ago. If you uh, really bored some time, just keep scrolling back and you'll see all my old stuff. So I did this for 30 days. And that's how I started doing it. And then I kept it up a little bit. Um, around the same time, I hired my first one-on-one -on -one online fitness coach for powerlifting. And you might know him. His name is Jordan Syatt. Um, A lot of you have probably followed Jordan on Instagram or um, heard his podcast. He was my powerlifting coach, gosh, for like five years. And my business coach, gosh, more than that, six years. And he's my mentor to this day. Now, I started working with Jay before he blew up on Instagram. I started working with him in the fall and he really started picking up like going viral on Instagram the following spring. I found him through um, a woman who'd been on this online powerlifting group I was in. And I was asking her like, hey, when this group program is over, what are you going to do? And she told me she's going to do this power building program with Jordan Syed. And I was like, who's that? And that's how I found him. Now, hired him. He's doing my my coaching for powerlifting, we email daily, most days of the week. Okay. I'm watching him on Instagram because obviously I started following him there since he was my coach. And I watched him grow in account size, in influence, and in the ability to help a massive number of people. And I was fascinated by this and started thinking like, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. And 
because here in my gym, I helped many women, but it was one at a time. I was coaching one-on-one. My gym's pretty small. I had one set of clients. They would come in two at a time. (laughs) That was kind of pushing it. But how many women could I possibly help at one time in that way? It was really a very small number. And I was really intrigued by the idea that I could have more influence on the world. I was super passionate. I still am super passionate about, about helping women get strong and overcome diet culture. Um, stop being so confused about weight loss. And so I asked Jordan, um, and he started unofficially, unofficially mentoring me at first, um, before I actually brought him on as my business coach. And I asked him, I said, okay, if I want to do this, like, if I want to do what you're doing, what should I focus on? And he said to me, you should post every day, twice a day, twice a day without missing and make sure as you're posting Like, don't be posting about your pickup truck, okay? Your post should be helpful by the time, and he's like, and you're going to know if it's helpful, if by the time a person is done reading your post, they can do something that they couldn't do before or understand something that they didn't understand before. Just one thing, like one specific thing every time you post that people will come away with and something that's going to make them better. And so that's what I did. And I did it every single day, twice a day, without missing for over two years. I did not miss for two years, twice a day, every day. And at times, I did three times a day. That was a lot for me. And so I didn't often do that. I would do it for spurts. For a good four years, I did a minimum of once a day, rarely missing it. So after two years, I continued on with daily posting, rarely missed a day. And, you know, I was doing once a day. I didn't get my first online client, even though I was doing all that posting for six months after I started posting twice a day, every day. Six months later was when I got my first online client. So it's not like, oh, I I posted every day and now I got some clients. It didn't work like that. Like I was putting in serious amounts of work. Now, back at this time, I hit Instagram at a time where things were really growing. Um, infographics were just starting. I got really good at those. So I my, my account was growing, but I wasn't like, you know, swimming in clients at first. Today, I post three to five times per week. I also do my podcast weekly or almost weekly. I have my YouTube. Um, here's my challenge to you. Here's my challenge to you, uh, AK Food and Fitness. Every day for the next month, so 30 days minimum, okay, Post two times a day on the social media channel of your choice. You want to do Instagram, you want to do TikTok, one of those two every day for the next 30 days, twice a day with the goal of helping people understand or be able to do something specific by the time they're done reading your post. That's my challenge to you. And then get back to me. Let me know how it goes. Let me know how you do. And again, don't expect that all of a sudden, like you're necessarily going to blow up or you're going to have a million clients or even a client. Let me know how it goes. All right. Lilu Yeha is up next. I think this is our last question for today. Yes, this is our last question for today. Lilu Yeha asks, I love Pilates and bar. Do I still need to lift weights? I'm 48 years old. All right. Short answer and long answer. Short answer is yes. Yes, you do still need to lift weights. The longer answer is yes. And here's why. Pilates and bar, they can be fun. They are challenging. They are sometimes a good cardio workout. There's definitely some amount of resistance, but there's not enough to elicit the same training stimulus as progressive resistance training. 
Now, especially as a woman over 40, we need to look at strengthening your bones to prevent osteoporosis. We need to look at supporting muscle growth because every decade after age 30, we lose three to 6% of our muscle mass if we don't do something to prevent it. This age-related muscle loss is called sarcopenia. It can lead to us not being independent and healthy in our older years. You've probably heard me say this because I said it all the time. If you want to be the woman who can get off the toilet by herself in her 70s, you need to be resistance training. The combination of resistance training and eating enough protein is what can keep that sarcopenia at bay, that age-related muscle loss. So let's have you add in, and this can be alongside your Pilates and bar. You, Depending on your schedule, you might need to reduce that a little bit to fit in the resistance training. I would say minimum, minimum, two days of progressive strength training. I prefer three, but minimum two of progressive strength training. And if you're like, I don't know where to start with that, I have a couple of options for you. Option number one, go to my Instagram, go to my Instagram highlights. If you don't know what my highlights are, when you click on my profile page, so you see me at the top and that's all my posts, in between where it's a little blurb that tells about me and there's my picture and then where all my posts are, there's all these little circles and that's you'll see all different highlights. I've done those are called highlights. Look for the highlight that's called new lifter, start here. Click on that and I have a bunch of um, video tutorials for specific to the new lifter. I show you how to do certain exercises, uh, walk you through them and start doing some of those. That would be uh, option number one, totally free. Next option, we cover this in depth inside Fitter After 40. I spend a lot of time teaching the women in Fitter After 40 um, about progressive strength training. You get a full six-week progressive strength training program inside of Fitter After 40. I explain to you exactly how to use it, and you get personalized form help and form feedback from me. Like We will work closely together on this so that you feel really comfortable with how to do progressive strength training, what that even means, what the equipment is that you need, how to use it, what your form should look like, how to progress, like how do I actually progress, all of that. I walk you through it step-by-step and I'm there to guide you and answer questions. The link for the waitlist is going to be in the show notes. The doors open March 21st to the waitlist. And if you're considering joining Fitter After 40, you definitely want to be on the waitlist because the waitlist is going to get a nice discount and some bonuses that the general public will not get. So definitely get on the waitlist. All right, ladies, that is it for today. Thank you for these fantastic questions. I had a lot of variety in the discussion today. And like I said, I'm going to do two more episodes answering the rest of your questions. All right. I will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here.